Good morning. I'm really glad to be here. Um, three Sundays ago, I was sitting in my seat over there. As soon as I sat down, uh, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, gave me a complete prophetic word, a message. And I, so I was sitting there thinking, it's not my turn. I, nobody said anything to me about preaching. So, Lord, would you please just let whoever the speaker is ask me to do the benediction? And nothing. They went right on. And I'm going, mm, okay. So, Lord, this is going to pass away. So come back last Sunday. And I, I didn't come to, to prophesy or give the benediction. I, I was coming because I wanted to hear. I forget who was preaching. Who was that? Testimonies, yeah. And, uh, but I said, Lord, let them ask me to do the benediction. <laughs> Nothing. So I, go, mm. so I go away, and I'm just sort of frustrated because I've had this word, and it won't go away, and just a real word. And, uh, and then on Thursday, I get a text from Ben. It says, Heather's sick. She has COVID. I feel sick, too. I passed the test, but I still feel sick. And can you preach? And in a millisecond, I sent the thing, yes. <laughs> and then I got, oh, that sounded really like maybe I was glad he was sick. <laughs> so I texted him again, a kind of a amended text and said, now listen, if you can preach, if you're fine, you can preach, okay. But if you need me, I'd be glad to. So it's not that I'm happy he's sick, but God had a plan. And, and Ben can relax at home knowing that God had a plan. Okay, so uh, I've got a message. It's a prophetic message, but I'm not going to try to prophesy. It. I'm just going to preach what God gave me. All right? So let's pray. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge your presence that we've come in this place. And Lord, uh, as we've come in, we've brought you with us. And we brought in a, uh, a koinonia, an agreement and a fellowship based on our belief and love in you. So Jesus, you are the core, the center. You're the beginning, you're the end. You're the chief shepherd and bishop of our souls. And we lean forward and to you, Holy Spirit, uh, that you would release into us the truth and revelation and life you desire for us to have today. In the name of Jesus. Uh, could I? Could you guys stand up? Yeah. No. No. Yeah. The two of y'all. The one who's looking. People do that all the time. You surely you mean. Uh, sister, God says to you uh, that there's a, a new anointing that's going to fall on you and it's going to be less work and more results and impact in more lives. Uh, and God's going to release that. There's a flowering, uh, an aroma coming to you, through you, that's going to permeate the hearts of a lot of people. They're going to be affected and impacted by what God's done in and through you. But God says it will be him working, uh, not as much you having to work, but of him being released through you. 
and God gives me a vision of with a, a big, like a fire thing with the big wheel uh, sitting right here, and God just cranking it open and letting the Holy Spirit flow through you. Uh, and it's not about your work, his hands on the little adjusting wheel, whatever that thing is, and there's a flow of the Holy Spirit for healing and mercy and restoration. It's going to be flowing through you. And I'd encourage you, whatever this date is, January 8th, write it down somewhere. Get a recording of this. You can probably do that uh, in, in this church. Get a recording of it and transcribe it out. Tape it up on the bathroom mirror where you see it every single morning. Uh, this is what God's going to do. There's a healing that's going to flow through you. You've got, it's, it's like there's a big dam, and God's going to open up the dam. And all this stuff is stored up behind it, which is the life that God's poured into you and that you've drawn out of heaven. And he's just going to pour it out through this, uh, through his spigot thing for a lot of people. Okay? Is that good? Does that make sense? All right, could you come up here just one second and uh, I'll get you just one second, right? <laughs> Father, I, I thank you, Lord. We we see you open up this skit, this spigot and the big the big reservoir of 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 the, the residue, the overflow of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we ask you to release it right now. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Brother, um, I see God, a, a, uh, I see you in it like a spider, uh, uh, like a spider with all these different legs. How many? Eight? And uh, I looked at Charles because I figured he would know. Uh, 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 and and I, see, I, I see all these legs going out from you. These, these are uh, impacts and connections that God's going to be making with you with a lot of new people. And there's, there's a nexus, uh, a center of something. God's going to begin to use you, not here in church. And it's not, it may be involving medical people, but it's not medically, directly medically related. Uh, but there is, that's like a discipler. There's a discipleship release God's going to be bringing to you and through you. God says, make friends, invite people for coffee, and sit down and talk. There's going to be a more greater investment in talking to people, and God's going to use you in specific, real ways in doing that with people. Speak faith, and God will bring it to pass in people's lives. Amen? Okay, cool. Thank you, guys. Why don't y'all give them a hand? Scott and Christine, they're not here. Oh, there you are. Oh, good. Would y'all stand up? I, I was writing down a note, and then I looked around, but you were over my right shoulder. I don't ever look over my right shoulder. I'm, I said, anyway, God, God said, would y'all come up here? Just a little bit further up. So God gave me a vision for the two of you during worship, and the vision was of a big pecan. That's North Carolina pecan. It's not pe pecan, it's pecan. And there was a big, fat pecan, and that was the two of you.
and there's all this juicy meat, lot wonderful meat inside, just perfect. It's not stride, shriveled. It's really nice. And, uh, and, and then I saw God come along and crack your shell. And God says uh, he likes the fact that he brought you here. And I was sitting there all during worship sort of toasting in God's enjoyment and delight in having brought you here. And that God says this has been a time of breaking and cracking of your shell. And now God is going to take his little pick and is going to begin to pick the meat of your pecan out and hand it all around to different people. Some of, some of it's just going to be pecan right out of the shell. People are going to eat of it. Other of it's going to be toasted and put in a, a great salad uh, uh, with uh, uh, strawberries and uh, all this stuff and, and like sugar on the pecan and toasted and and other of it's going to be in a pecan pie. But God's going to begin to share out uh, this wonderful fruitfulness that is in the two of you. And, and God is so pleased. And he, know, he knows you've been through a hard time, but he had to crack open the shell. And that's what he's done. And this year is going to be a year of you being shared out like people enjoying a good North Carolina or South Carolina pecan. Amen? That's the word for the two of you. Enjoy yourselves. And, and so, somebody could help that prophetic word along by baking a pecan pie <laughs> and taking it to them. They said, we want you to eat part of the fruit of your, own, of your own life here. A pecan pie, get a good recipe. Don't overcook it. It needs to be just right, but somebody ought to make a pecan pie. Take it to them. And whoever does that, you know, like you're moving, you're here, you're helping God doing his business. All right. All right. Just saying. Uh, one other prophetic thing before I start. I just want to say, I'm not on this staff, on the staff on this church. I don't, I'm not working for this church. I don't have any keys. I don't sign checks or anything. Um. God showed us years ago a big spigot, like one of these big rain, rain shower heads in a shower, and you, the water is just. <laughs> he said, "That's like my blessing," and at times you have to take yourself. You have to, you have to take yourself, and like if this is this shower blessing, you have to take yourself. She already knows. <laughs> You, put, you position yourself right under it. One of the ways you do that is, is you release control of your money. And to give in an offering is a way you're taking yourself, and not just you, your children, your grandchildren, generations in front of you. you, you God, we want you to have control over our money. We want to walk in your financial blessing. We position ourselves under the shower head of blessing. Thank you, Gloria. Uh, and so I, I'm not, so that's just a, an encouragement to give money to the church. It's if something happens. And every time you do it, it's not just you. 
your children, grandchildren, some great-grandchild is going to need money for some fancy university that's going to cost $11 million by the time they graduate and want to go to college, and, and you're, you're laying up blessing in what you're doing now for when they need that three generations from now. Anyways. All right. Let's turn to um, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. First Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. This is what God spoke to me three, three Sundays ago. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus... God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Listen, we're in a time when um, there's great darkness all around us, isn't there? There's upset, there's confusion, there's everything going on. Uh, uh, COVID is, has hit again. China is wrapped up in COVID. Nobody can leave and go anywhere. Uh, Congress is tied up in knots and doesn't know what to do. And even if they knew what to do, we no longer know if they have the power or the will to accomplish what they know is right. We don't know. There's darkness in the land. There's tremendous anger. You know now that when you're driving down the highway, don't give any expression of anger to anyone. Do you understand? There's so much anger on the highway that things we never saw now happen all the time. Someone will pull out a gun and shoot you. Going down the road at 80 miles an hour. Well, I, I don't do that. At going down the mile at 65 miles an hour. Uh, uh, there's anger and there's darkness all over the place. Darkness in the land. And we're being told there's some, we have a culture that is debased, ugly, and arrogant. That's what we're living in the middle of. And if all you listen to is the message channels you've been given, if all you're listening to is Disney Plus or CNN, or all these other things, it's going to give you a warped view of culture and of life. Do you understand? Do you understand that without you amending your children's education, they are being taught all of this with your tax-paid dollars in school? Do you understand? 
All this is going on. So in the middle of it, what do we believe? We're, we're being overwhelmed. And, and, you know, in England now, if you don't agree with the words the society tells you to speak, it's called a hate crime, and they will put you in jail. They are jailing people in England right now. Also in Canada, they're being jailed. We will be faced with so many different and difficult and unexplainable things coming up. And in the middle of it, God says, I want you to remember, don't forget who you are. And don't forget who I am. And don't forget, and God said to me at Christmas, we celebrated the fact that Jesus Christ came to the earth, that he emptied himself of everything. He emptied himself of what it was to be God. He came to the earth as a little baby that needed someone to change his diapers. This is who Jesus became. He became one of us, and he, walked, and he grew up uh, in obedience to his parents. He grew up, and he walked among us and talked to us as a man talks to a man. He didn't talk to us in bizarre, crazy things and, 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 and wings and wheels and all these other things that the prophets saw. He came to us and said, hey, Michael. Hey, John. Hey, Peter, let's sit down and talk. And he would go with them down the road and he ate with them. And they, they probably bathed in the, the river together and they did everything together. God came in that way and talked to us as a man talks to a man. It's extraordinary. And at Christmas, we celebrate, we look back and we celebrate what he did. But God says, not only that, but the day will come when I will return. And here it is. This is out of first test. It's not out of the book of Revelation. It's not out of the hard to understand stuff. This is out of 1 Thessalonians, and I've been preaching it for 45 years at funerals. Listen to it again. Don't want you to be uninformed about those who are asleep. That is, the ones who've already died. Don't be uninformed. Don't listen to what the culture says. Oh, they're all gone. There's no heaven. There's no hell. They're just all, they, they're just all gone. That's, you get a chance to live, and then that's it. You're gone. There's nothing else. This, all this other stuff is foolishness. You're going, to make, you're going to sound like a country rube if you start talking about heaven. Don't grieve as others do who have no hope. We believe that since Jesus died and rose again through Jesus, God will bring, him, bring with him those who have fallen asleep, that is, who are dead. You ever notice that in the world, they don't even want to say dead. They want to say Passed away, gone on, across the river, something else. Some other euphemism. We declare to you by word from the Lord that we who are alive, and I don't know if I'll be alive when Jesus comes. I, I suspect not. I'll be gone. I'll be asleep with the rest of those guys and gals. But whether I am or not, when he comes, he will bring with them all those who have died in him. I want you to think about this. He's going to bring 
with him. If you're, let's say you're alive. He's going to bring with him all of your ancestors who died in Christ. Great-grandparents, your great-great-grandparents. All the way back, ones you don't even know about. He's going to bring them. They're all, they're all coming. You're going to get to meet dead ancestors who were in Christ that you've never even heard of. And say, who are you? Oh, I'm Michael. I was born in 1945. They go, whoa, 1945. And we're going to meet each other. You're going to fellowship and understand who has been around you all of this time. Do you know we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses? You know this? We are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. All right, let's go on. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel. Imagine that, and the sound of the trumpet of God. The day's going to come. We're going to all do be doing business. We're going to be busy, working, listening to the same lies coming to us from all over the place saying, God's not real. None of this stuff is real. Forget about all this stuff. And in the middle of everything, there's going to be a trumpet blast. And when the trumpet blasts, everybody, everybody is going to go, what is that? Jesus is going to be coming back on the cloud. Can you imagine? And all the people who have been talking and saying none of this stuff is real, all the people who have been talking about, do whatever makes you feel good. Did Jesus ever say, do whatever makes you feel good? That's, how, that's about 20 sermons right there. He doesn't say that. He says, follow the Word of God. Be holy. Be set apart. Love God and be holy. Love your wife. Love your kids. The dead in Christ will rise first. Can you imagine that? Let's say you're alive. It's 25 years from now. Michael's gone. I'm resting. Don't have to worry about a broken foot. The dead in Christ are going to rise. They're going to be walking around the earth. Can you imagine that? Mama, dead and gone. She loved God, dead and gone. She's going to be walking around going, well, look at this. Let's make another pecan pie. <laughs> Those who are alive who were left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Amen. So encourage one another with this. Think about it. Encourage one another. Listen, this looks, sounds weird. I don't know what's going on. But you remember the day's going to come. When this is going to happen, it will be true. And even as we celebrated his first coming, his first incarnation, incarnation simply means when he took on flesh. Even as we celebrated the first incarnation, he will come again. And the same way he left in the clouds, he will return in the clouds, but he's coming with a crowd with him. I want you to think about this. From the time of the cross, 
from the very first martyrs. Who was the, uh, who was the one that was stoned? Was that Stephen. Stephen? From the time of Stephen. When they stoned him, he said, I see heaven opening. They stoned him and killed him. Stephen's going to be right here. He's going to come back and walk around and be able to talk to us as man talks to man. I don't know, don't figure out, I can't figure out the language, but maybe we'll all be just be speaking in tongues. I don't know, but I'm going to be able to say, what was that like? What were you seeing? Stephen's going to be able to talk to me. We will be in fellowship together. We have a fellowship that's, that's only partly based on this generation, but we have a fellowship that is based on the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and on all those who have died in Him. Imagine that thing. I can see my daddy. Tell him what's been going on. I don't know if he knows, but if he, I hope he doesn't because I want to be able to give him some news. You won't believe. You won't believe what's been going on. Let me tell you. So in the midst of everything else you're going to go through this year and I'm going to go through, this is a year of the cloud of witnesses who are surrounding you, who love you. I see it like we're on a football field and there's a big, huge stadium so big it reaches way up into the sky and it's full of people looking down and cheering me on and cheering you on. Amen? Does this sound good to you? It does to me. All right. There's a, um, the Jewish wedding feast, there was this thing they would do, and you can see this played out with Mary and Joseph. The Jewish wedding feast, um, uh, that would be a betrothal time when like a formal contract was made. And the, the bride would be betrothed to the husband, but they weren't married, there was no sex going on, but the contract had been made. And you make a contract with Mary, you, you need to take care of the contract. So then the groom would go off, and he's been living with his parents, as every smart young man should do, until they kick him out the door, get your, use your, live on your daddy's money for as long as you can. Uh, I, I, we, we, this God's blessing on your parents to be able to help you for as long as possible. Don't just go off if you don't need to spend the money for an apartment. Use your daddy's money. So, uh, so he's living at home, but he, he and his daddy, they figure out, they get, him, they get a piece of land, maybe next door or maybe according to how far a distant they want to be, but he builds his own house. Gets all of his stuff ready, puts furniture in there, gets everything ready, and all this time... The, the, uh, his betrothed has been at home getting herself fixed up and ready. She's been on some dietary regimens, of course. She's been taking some beauty treatments from the local lady down the block. Uh, she's got herself her marriage dress. They, they fought over that four or five times, and they got, it, they got figured out what she's going to be wearing. And everything's laid out. She's made all the arrangements, and she's ready. She's ready for her groom to come back. This is Jewish tradition. She's waiting for her groom to come back. But the groom doesn't, they don't set a wedding date the way we do now. And, and so 
the way they do it, though, is that the groom has to come and surprise the bride real quick. And she has to be ready to go at any time. Does that sound familiar? What does God say to you? Prepare yourself as a bride ready for the wedding. Have yourself ready. Have yourself with the right garments of salvation on. Don't try to go to the wedding feast when you're not dressed for it. You're dressed by being saved and filled with the Spirit. But the groom has enough sense to know never surprise a woman on a date or anything else. Give warning. So he sends his groomsmen before him at night in the darkness and they clatter about on the street. They kick over trash cans, they make noise, and they give an indication that the groom is about to come. She hears this. She starts getting ready. What does Jesus say to us? Listen, uh, no one, when they asked him, when is all this going to take place? He said, don't know. Don't know. This was the result that when he left heaven, he emptied himself of the Godhead of knowing the things that God knew. So he has to say, no man knows this time, not even me. Only the Father in heaven. But when the day comes, you'll see indications. Like driving down the road, you see all the vultures circling over in the distance. You know there's a dead body under, the, under where the vultures. Jesus said, it's going to be like that. You'll know. You may not know the exact time, but you're going to know this thing's coming. And when it comes, get ready. You need to be ready right then. So the groomsman has his men go, the, have the groomsmen go, and they make noise. They say, it's coming soon. She gets all ready because everything was already laid out already. Everybody's excited. Everybody somehow appeared all dressed and fancied up for the wedding. And here comes the groom. Okay. That's what it's going to be like. There's going to be a shout, just an electric shout, <laughs> right out of heaven. It's going to be like a trumpet blast. Not going to be my, like me whispering. It's going to be like a trumpet blast. Bam! All across the world, every head is going to go up like this. Many for confusion having no understanding. But us being in him, knowing exactly, oh, the groom's coming. She's coming. Oh, my God. Forget about going back to work tomorrow. He's coming. And I want to tell you, the, the word of God for us today is, don't forget who you are and where you're going. Don't forget who your God is and that Jesus is coming again. That he's not, we don't worship, we celebrate that little infant that couldn't change his own clothes. But we worship the risen Lord Jesus Christ who will return with a shout, with an acclamation, with the sound of the angels singing and stomping and dancing. And, and we're going to be that bride. We've prepared ourselves. And the, 
so many for generations. You know, and if you look at this, the Paul's Paul's language is it's hard. You couldn't tell if he thought the the, the second coming was going to be way down there, was just around the corner. You never knew, and it was he did that on purpose. All these generations that have died in Christ were ready and are still ready. And they're going to join with us. And that's going to be something going on that's just going to be massive. Okay? I got this song I, I want to close with. Um, that God reminded me of yesterday. And one of our children, I think it was Ben and Heather, did this at their wedding. I can't remember. Was that Ben and Heather? We will walk on the streets that are golden. The glorious bride. The great son of man. There's going to be a, a consummation and a wedding at that time. That's beyond all belief. Only for those who are dressed with garments of salvation. Only for those. This is your word for 2023. He will come again. Whatever else is going on, he's going to come again. And it's going to be something. That you can't reference. There's nothing you can reference from your past. That will let you understand. Only by the word of God, by the scripture, by the written word of God, can we understand this. We're going to sing this song, then I'm going to pray for us.